and welcome to the Fiber Coven podcast. <laughs> Home of squirming cats. Home of squirming cats. If you're just listening to this, my cat took this moment to uh, decide to leap off of my lap in dramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. Oh, but here we are. It's another lovely week and we're here to talk with you about yarny stuff and some witchy stuff. So I'm Lauren of Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily of Kitty with a Cupcake. Yay! And uh, start us off with a little news. We're doing a mystery knit along right now. We are. It's Yay. happening. There are three clues out. There are, mm-hmm. are even going to be four clues out if you're listening to this in the audio version. So we're getting close to the end of the clues coming out. Uh, you mm-hmm. do have all the way through July 31st to knit the shawl. So you could still totally join in on the knit along part for prizes if you'd like. Um, mm-hmm. And you could check out the hashtag on Instagram. It's hashtag stripes and space MCAL to see what things are looking like if you're a person who doesn't like a mystery. We're past the point where people have stripes, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. I like seeing yeah. the stripes knit up. It's really good. And um, it's really conducive to stash diving, too. So this is not something like you have to pay for an expensive yarn kit or anything like that. So that's a good one. To, if you've got a, some stash you're looking to work down to just jump on into our modular chevron shaped mystery knit along shawl. Yes. Yay. Yay. Sweet. So let's talk about yarn. So neither of us finished anything, but we have been working on stuff. What have you been working on? I've been working on stuff. I, this is a thing you haven't seen in a hot minute. It's my elemental cowl. Ooh, it's looking bigger. That I'm working on in your uh, avatar colorways. Oh, here, let me look at that. Ooh, so you've got the the little twisted rib multicolor ribbing at the bottom and then you've done the fire colors and then those are a really dark burgundy like uh and then a fiery red red with orangey background notes and now you're on to the water colorways yeah and my I was a little I did do the contrast like test to put the mm-hmm. water colorways in black and white to see if they had enough contrast because in some lights they don't look very contrasty mm-hmm. um, they're pretty but, medium contrast I would say but I think that they're you're able to see what's going on at the start mm-hmm. of my water thing I am I'm, I'm not gonna rip it out but I am a little bit like ooh, should I have put a border in here in mm-hmm. between the two background colors mm-hmm. but I really don't want to rip it out it's only a few rows because she's only like maybe half an inch into the water colorway so it wouldn't be a ton to rip out but it's true well I guess the thing is I like I should have put a row of the darker color here at the start of the fire if I was gonna do that and that I'm not ripping out you can't make me I won't do it I mean you can always like uh add it into the pattern but not into your sample if you're gonna be a real naughty person I'm not going to do that. I don't do that. So (laughs) I might just do like this here Mm -hmm. and like put the sandwichy stripes on the borders and call it that and only do that on the Mm in-betweens because I think that this is kind of boring where the two background colors just meet up. I don't know. I like the abrupt change in colors do you so I did it that way originally because so I have the elements in each of their like triangular element 
uh, shapes mm-hmm. uh, for witchy stuff. And they match up like this, like the two points of the triangles mm-hmm. meet. So that's why I didn't put anything in between originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I support this decision. Okay. I think it's good. Wa- I'm waffling. But yeah, so I am enjoying knitting this up. It's good to do some color work. Mm-hmm. And I'm. it's nice to see one done. Yeah, you're making me want to pick up my uh, thing. I'm knitting in the same colors. I was going to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't touched it in months, but it was great. My friend came over to say hi and um, pick up the stuff he left at my house. And it, we were talking about like spirituality and stuff because he's a little like granola crunchy of a person, which is lovely. And he, we were talking about Buddhism. I'm like one of my favorite shows is Buddhism for children and it's Avatar. He's like, I love Avatar. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know anything about knitting. So I, I got to show him my thing. He's like, oh my God, it looks like Avatar. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was exciting to like talk nice. about that a little bit. That's fun. Yeah, I haven't been working on too, too much. I've mainly been working on my sock for my partner um, because I needed something vanilla-y while I was watching a show that's largely in Spanish, which I do need to both pay attention to and read the subtitles. Um, I mean, I can't, I can pick up, like, if it's not too complicated of a conversation, uh, I can pick it up usually, but uh, also there's a lot of slang I don't know considering Spanish is not my first language and I've never lived for a long term in a Spanish-speaking country. I don't know a ton of slang. Anyway, while I was doing that, I've made a sock and I'm doing a flegal heel Mm -hmm. and I'm in the process of doing the heel right now. It's so cute and speckly. Yeah, it's like a light blue-gray background with little speckles and it's nice. It's not pooling. I'm pretty happy with it. I had Guess how many stitches I had on the highest stitch count? 120. Yes. Because you can math. I can math. And I've written (laughs) a sock pattern. (laughs) I had 120 stitches. Oh, it was so many. They barely fit on my little nine inch circular, but I am uh, doing the doing the heel decreases now. So we're going to get back to my original circumference stitch count. And actually, I think I'm just going to keep decreasing along the line. I haven't decided along which line to keep decreasing on maybe along the heel line because I do typically knit socks for my partner at an 80 stitch count through the foot and then a 72 stitch count through the leg because it's just his he has normal like legs and calves for wide feet he just has special wide feet (laughs) has to buy special shoes which is funny like it's uh I think if we would have scrambled our DNA together, which is not in the cards, um, it would have been bad because we could have like potentially birthed a flippant Sasquatch because <laughs> on the, uh, on one side of my family, my grandfather as well also has to buy special wide shoes. And like, that's too much like extra wide feet jeans to be in, in one person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny too. Like my, my mother-in-law, she says that my grandfather, the one, he's my Japanese grandfather um, who has the extra wide feet. My mother-in-law says that uh, seeing pictures of him and seeing him reminds her of her her own grandfather because they are both have a similar build and features, both short and stocky with apparently really wide feet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, long story short, I've been working on socks. I've been really liking them. Nice. Who would have thought? Lauren loving to knit some socks. 
No. But I, I generally always keep my socks going in my little bag here by Tomboy Femme Bags, which is I like, like my, that bag. It's my favorite sock bag because it fits like one gobstopper ball or one cake really well inside. And you just bring it around with you. And it's got it's hard to see, but it's got a little on the inside. It's got a little tab where you can hook your uh, progress keepers and stitch markers onto That's and of nice. course it slips onto your belt which is good for if you're in public which I try to avoid at all costs are you yeah. working on any socks my purse uh that I wear has like an over the shoulder strap that I mm-hmm. like I because if I'll, I'll lose a purse if it's not cross body it needs to be attached mm-hmm. to my body I can't carry it in my hand like a real person mm-hmm. uh but it clips that cross body thing so mm-hmm. I like put one of those on the purse strap and that would be really useful to me yeah I'm with you on it needing to be attached to your body like I will lose I'll just leave it yeah yeah it either I don't enjoy a crossbody I don't like the feel of it so I tend to be leaning more towards belt bags or things that can strap to my wrist these days but like yes it must be physically attached to my body or yeah I like wrist bags I, I haven't it. ever really done a belt bag because my hips are the widest part of <laughs> my measurements so I'm like kind of self-conscious about wearing a belt bag but mm-hmm. yes I mean I think for it depends on like where you're sitting it like you could sit it more at the bottom of your rib cage where like most people tend to be smallest mm-hmm and then it would really like accentuate curves in a like fun way. But like, yeah, I can see where like wearing it low slung on your hips wouldn't be good for everybody. Yeah, I do have a one of my little Disney mini backpacks has the thing to like slide it through. And mm-hmm. I have attached that to like my belt belt on walks with mm-hmm. the dog. But yeah, I haven't done like a full belt bag situation. Anywho, mm-hmm. my socks are very large now <gasps> they're so large so i'm past the calf increases you can see this mm-hmm. bump here from the calf increases i and see them are my witch's brew socks they look so good they look really good and i need to i haven't tried it on since i finished the calf increases so i need to try it on and see where i'm at and see how long i'm just gonna go straight or if i'm gonna do like any decreases i also need to measure my ball because I think mm-hmm. I have just visually, I think I have like over 50 grams. So I might even go above the knee with the ooh, socks. Ooh. Yeah. But so we'll have to see. I have to do a little bit of measuring and I haven't done it yet. I worked on these during trivia the other night and nice. I haven't did you guys win. Out. We did win. What do you win when you win trivia? Where you go to trivia? You win a $25 gift card to the place you're at. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that's a, a couple pints. Yeah. We just like. Nice use it the next week if we win mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. awesome yep and the other thing i'm working on is the thing that we have that's the same do you have anything else no it's ripple bralette time yay i and definitely is a whole new one from the last time i ripped out the whole <laughs> other one i showed because it was not the right size mm-hmm. yeah i worked on this a lot and then i put it down because watching a tv show in a non-native language but yeah i have a cup and a strap a teeny little cup yay i have look at yours yours is pooling so neat i know it's cool it's making swirlies do you like it i do like it it's fun yeah it's doing that the whole way around 
Mine is not. Mine is a little, mine is more like thin stripes. Mine is like that on the twisted rib part, but then it is forming swirls of the black and the colors on the. It is so much fun. I love this. So, yeah, we're both making the Ripple Bralette, which is a pattern by Jesse May Designs. And we are knitting it in Mitchell's Creations. Laniop base on the drunken unicorn colorway. And so when I looked at the tag while I was in the yarn store in San Francisco, losing my phone, (laughs) Emily got it back for me. She's the best. I left it in an Uber. Anybody was curious. Uh, I realized that I was looking at the name of the base and I didn't know that word. And I was like, I got to look that up. So I look, did you look it up? Mm -mm. I'm terrible. (laughs) <laughs> the name of the base is Laniop, which is a kind of New Orleans Creole word for like a freebie, like oh. a little like free with purchase, like the candy bowl at like the free for everybody candy bowl, or just like the sticker that gets included with your purchase. It's just like a little, little item to keep your customers happy. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But this colorway is making me super happy. I did have a little bit of pooling in this comically small cup. It is very small. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But I did have a little bit of pooling right in here and the, and it's really cute. I like it. I'm actually wearing my other ripple bralette right now, which I knit in serendipitous wool. And I think I've taken good steps to kind of like fix the things that aren't perfect about this. Like this is still really wearable and I love it, but like it kind of like rides up because I don't have any real boob to like keep it down. So I put an extra inch of knitting into the body of this, which I think was a good call. And I also did a a folded uh, brim that I put some elastic in and I think it, that'll, that'll help with things. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I ripped my whole thing out because yes, I was just, yes. I was doing the size bigger because when I first knit this it ended up being too small but mm-hmm. I tried it on and I was able to stretch the band out to like here when it was on my body and I was like that seems much. like too much I think that's going to be too much so I'm knitting the actual size that fits my measurements but I did go up to the size needle called for in the pattern which I didn't do the first time I knit it I just knit the whole thing on twos so I'm doing the three by three on fours mm-hmm. uh, and I tried it on and it continues to fit me um, nice so that's good and I think I'm going to add at least an inch to the body part as well um just Mm -hmm. to make sure that it doesn't ride up on me also another option and I did this for a friend who is much more proportioned like the designer herself and very different from me um you can also put in a little dart along the side if you just want more coverage for the front and not uh more in the back Mm. I think I want more everywhere would be my guess there Um, I am not I I mean I have a lot the large bust measurement but it is not because my boobs are like overly large it's just because I'm Mm -hmm. a little bigger so Mm -hmm. I don't think I need extra boobage room right yes but I think it'll be good it's fun to watch the rainbows come up I know and look how cute they are in the straps they're so cute it's so this yarn if you're just listening at home it's mostly black with like short little six inch 
sections of lovely rainbows. So when you're doing the I-cord uh, double knit straps, you just, it's black for an inch and then little pop of color and then black for an inch and then little pop of color. And it's That's just cute. delightful. Are you going to do the cross straps, cross back straps or regular straps? I think I'm going to do the cross back straps because mm-hmm. all straps fall off my shoulders forever. Mm-hmm. And the cross back will prevent that from being a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. Because so, I know I know that they're just, I mean, my bra strap's not on my shoulder literally right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So as I talk about a lot, I have too many socks and I can't stop knitting socks, but I also ordered the big little yarn co's cheaply sock set <laughs> three I months. Did, I did too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I realized that I could make with, with a sock set, I could make two ripple bralettes. So instead of making, I could, as one option, make a pair of friendship socks, or I could make a pair of friendship bralettes. Cause I have another friend who likes Ghibli movies. Actually, I have a couple friends who like Ghibli movies. And, um, one of them, uh, is very similar to me in chest proportions, and I could easily get two ripple bralettes out of a sock set. So I'm thinking maybe I'll make us friendship titty holders. That's cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's totally plausible too. Cause, and I have another friend. Yeah. Both of my friends who, who got me into Ghibli, I'm sure I could get some combination of a pair of socks and a bralette or like two bralettes or like shorties and a bralette, depending on who who I'm making things for with my friends with various different sizes of busts and feet. Nice. So that's kind of my plan for my deeply yarn when it shows up is more bralettes. Cute. I like it. Maybe if I had little scraps too, I could do like um, scrappy socks. Mm-hmm. Cute. That's fun. Are you working on anything else? No. I haven't worked on my waxing moon shawl because I need to write down what I'm doing for the border and I've been mm-hmm. lazy. Mm-hmm. I haven't been working on mine too because I haven't caked up the yarn for it yet. Mm-hmm. Quarter three yarn has been dyed. I think it looks good. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited. It's on its way to my house. Yeah. Knock on wood. So, and then I also know we didn't acquire anything this week. We've been We've been good. We haven't been indulging in too much uh, commerce. Mm-hmm. So we can jump right into our occult corner topic. Yeah. Since the summer solstice is almost upon us, we're recording this a few days before the solstice. We're going to talk about summer solstice. Yes. Which mm-hmm. this year is on Sunday, June 20th, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, it is not summer solstice for you. Your summer solstice is on December 21st this year. Mm-hmm. So that's how hemispheres work. Yay. Yeah. I thought it was on the 21st. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll be doing all that stuff on Sunday then. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything you were planning to do for the summer solstice? Well, I'm probably going to be packing moon clubs for one thing. Uh, But another thing is uh, my lavender bush outside the front of my house is really going. I harvested some from it the other day and that's drying right now to make dried lavender. But I thought I would harvest some fresh lavender and maybe bake some like lavender shortbread. 
Mm. Uh, as a fun little solstice activity, maybe make some uh, lavender simple syrup and like have mm-hmm. a little cocktail or like lavender lemonade or coffee or something. Um, mm-hmm. So those are my only plans. Nothing, nothing too big, but just like little nice. harvesting and doing some garden stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I might be able to do my first little mint harvest from our mint patch out in the dog poop fields of our lot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's like the neighbor, our lot is pretty much the neighborhood dog park, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I don't mind, but yeah, so I might, uh, harvest some of that and dry it. They say that herbs harvested on solstices are like extra special. Yeah. I was thinking but- my rosemary bush is really out of control. So I might do some massive rosemary harvesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, rosemary and lavender are so nice together. Those would just make some nice sachets. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And uh, rosemary also is a nice theming because it's it goes with the fire element. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, but I might also uh, probably indulge in a little gardening. I might the I might pop over to the garden store and just um, get get some flowers to plant and things like that. Do a little tarot. Yeah, that sounds the best. I think I'm going to steal your moon tarot Mm -hmm. that you do, but do it for the sun for solstice, Mm -hmm, which you mm -hmm. find where the card is in the deck and do the cards on either side of it for a waxing and waning for the moon. So I'm basically going to do that for like prior to the solstice, post the solstice for the Mm -hmm. sun card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another thing that I kind of do for that too, is I see like where in the deck it is like also like how many cards like how big the stacks are is kind of like the amount of that thing that it is did that make Ah, sense that makes sense that makes sense Mm -hmm. so if like your card that corresponds to waxing has like most of the deck behind it like maybe that's like a stronger message than if it was only a couple cards I kind of like take that into account too sometimes nice just for funsies funsies Mm -hmm. But pretty much everywhere in the world celebrates the solstices or at least takes note of them. Yeah. Um, I have assorted histories of solstices Uh written down. Uh, The word solstice is derived from the Latin word sol for sun and uh, stitium, stitium, I I can't pronounce Latin, to stand still. So the sun stands Hmm. still. Nice. And uh for the Romans, I believe that I just learned it from the Wheel of the Year book. Their summer solstice celebrations were hearth based. Yes. And it, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it's around the same time as Vestalia uh, mm-hmm. in ancient Rome. And during this festival, it was the only time that women could enter the temple of uh, Vesta and leave offerings. Hmm. She's interesting because yeah. she's a very domestic female. Yeah, but, but only dudes could go in there except for during her festival when ladies could go mm-hmm. in there and they would often ask for blessings for their families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. We haven't said this yet, but solstice is the longest day of the year. That's mm-hmm. why uh, many humans have noted it. 
And in like neo-pagan traditions, we think about how the days are now going to shrink instead of growing. So it's it's even though it's like the longest day of the year, it's still associated with like death and endings. And because of this, it is the start of the end of horny season and approaching spooky season. <laughs> Yay, spooky season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like horny season too, but spooky season is good. I get so excited for a spooky season. Mm -hmm. Spooky season's the best. Uh, Yeah, but it's also like kind of noted. It's your last day of rest before all the activity of harvesting in the fall. Mm -hmm. So yeah, napping in the sunshine and herb harvesting and that sort of thing and honeyed cakes and tasty things, nice and tasty treats, fresh berries. Yeah, I saw uh, Neolithic humans uh, may have used it as a time to know when to plant and harvest crops, uh, Mm -hmm. that they would like wait until the days got longest to plant stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I also saw in ancient Egypt that the summer solstice corresponded with the rise of the Nile. Um, Mm -hmm. So went with all of their agriculture stuff, which had to do with the Nile. Yeah, and I think it's really cool how pretty much everywhere in the ancient world that built cool monuments, like uh, they usually line up with the summer solstice a little bit, like some Mm -hmm. Mesoamerican stuff and like Machu Picchu and Stonehenge and like the, the like, you know, everything in Egypt, all of those cultures were so astronomically precise that they were Mm -hmm. able to build these gorgeous monuments that that also like directly face or line up somehow with the sun on the solstices. Yeah, it's neat. And in Northern and Central Europe, uh, before Christianity came, uh, so this would be like the Germanic, Celtic, Slavic people uh, would have bonfires for midsummer. Mm -hmm. And the bonfires were thought to boost the sun's energy. And uh, they were also like to ward off evil spirits. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot of the horny season fire, fire, <laughs> lots of uh, bonfires, which mm-hmm. I am all about. Yeah, uh, like there's not bonfires in spooky season, though, because there's definitely spooky season bonfires. Really, it's just if you're celebrating, it's time to have a fire. Mm-hmm. I do really enjoy even fires. like the Yule log, like everything has fire. <laughs> Guy Fox Day is mm-hmm. all about fires, which is like. I don't know. That's like a secular holiday, more or less. Mm-hmm. But that's one of my favorites. Uh, and then when Christians wanted to work uh, the solstice into their calendar, they turned it into the feast day of St. John the Baptist, who oh. foretold the birth of Jesus s- six months before Jesus's birth. So this is all obviously like kind of made up because Jesus wasn't born around christmas we know uh Mm -hmm. they just put it there because they wanted to mooch off the winter solstice celebrations but many john the baptist festivals are still held today and still involve bonfires because of their pagan roots i really like how you can see like the ancient traditions peeking out through modern traditions of all kinds yeah it's cool and uh Midsummer festivals are still really popular in a lot of Northern European countries, and they mm-hmm. are very, you can very much see that they are a blend of like pagan roots and like Christian stuff and have become mm-hmm. this new secular thing in a lot of the countries that aren't super religious anymore. Yeah. And in a lot of Scandinavian countries, I know Midsummer is a big holiday, but that's more celebrated like Beltane is. 
in yes. warmer climates. Yes. Uh, and usually the most important in the more than northern countries that are really cold and dark for a lot mm-hmm. of the year because they're like, hell yeah, the sun is out. Uh, and it's the biggest in Sweden. And it's mm-hmm. actually their second most popular holiday after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people will go out to the country to celebrate. And that's when they have the Maypole. So not in May, but for midsummer and it's called the midsummer song and Mm -hmm. it is up and they will dance around it and do maple things there's also a dance where they like crouch on the ground and hop around like frogs and adults do this too uh and they sing a song about little frogs that sounds so fun yes uh and this is the festival that the midsummer horror movie is based off of but of Mm -hmm. course it's a fictionalized horror version the swedes don't do any human sacrifice for midsummer they mostly just like eat berries and wear flowers in their hair and dance around like frogs Mm -hmm. and drink drink a lot too i mean it's not a holiday if you're not taking in intoxicants is it yeah yeah I was just thinking about how you're, I'm just imagining like joyful maple activities and all humans of all ages and sizes hopping around like frogs with flowers in their hair, which is so much better than like what I grew up with, which is a bunch of drunk people covered in American flag apparel doing the chicken dance. Yeah, it's much is- more wholesome. <laughs> That's so much more wholesome. I have like so many like 4th of July memories. <laughs> the area I live in now is very, it's a, it's definitely a summer holiday destination. So people come up here to get drunk on the beach and light things on fire. Yep. It's what it is. And then there's also the Dragon Boat Festival in China. Yes. I which, read about that. Yes. It is not necessarily on the solstice because their calendar is more lunar based, but it is mm-hmm. like right around the time of the solstice. Sometimes it falls on the solstice. Uh, and it's in the fifth lunar month in the Chinese calendar. And the fifth month is considered to be unlucky. Mm. Uh, so one of the origins of the festival is to prevent bad luck. Uh, but the story that is best known in modern Chinese culture is that the festival commemorates the death of the poet and minister Q Wan. And mm-hmm. uh, he was banished for opposing that. Well, it was like during different dynasties taken over different times. And I'm not uh, super familiar with ancient Chinese history, uh, but he basically got exiled and kicked out uh, because one of the other ruling people took over and uh, he wrote a lot of poetry and was a really famous poet while he was exiled. And then he committed suicide by drowning himself in a river when uh, his former country's capital was taken over by a new people. And he was very sad. And it is said that local people uh, raced out onto their boats to save him or retrieve his body. And this is the origin of dragon boat races. Uh, Hmm. So dragon boats are raced on this day to commemorate him. Uh, And when his body couldn't be found, they uh, dropped balls of sticky rice in the river so the fish would eat them instead of his body. And so a traditional food to eat during this holiday is a zongzi, which is basically like the Chinese version of tamales. It's like a Hmm. sticky rice uh, dumpling that is uh, has filling and the filling depends like regionally. It could be sweet. It could be savory uh, and it's cooked in bamboo leaves. Hmm. So it has that like tamale steamed kind of in a leaf texture. Fun. Yeah. That's a super cool story. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like reading about other cultures' holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just like, there's all sorts of any, any like mythology that has a solar deity. This is the, this is the time to celebrate any solar deities because mm-hmm. it's the peak of the sun's power. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. And then I have a random fun fact from Alaska. Uh, so Alaska, of course, is super Northern state and uh, they are often in full dark or full sun. Uh, mm-hmm. in the extreme parts of the sun's not the sun's path the earth's path around the sun uh, mm-hmm. and they have a midnight sun baseball game that they play in the city of Fairbanks which is a game of baseball that starts at 10 30 p.m local time and they use no artificial lighting hmm. because it's so bright there wow mm-hmm. that's fun yes I was like getting ready to hear some like native mythology and then like here you come in with this cool baseball stuff random baseball stuff (laughs) yeah I didn't I it's so hard to find accurate information about native mythology of uh, Mm -hmm. North American native people so there I mean the the Sioux the Lakota Sioux are have a sun dance that is Mm -hmm. uh you know uh, fictionalized in a lot of things but I'm not the person to talk about that I mean I'm not really right, the person to right. talk about the Chinese festival either but that's just way easier to find detailed information on mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah I didn't look it up but I feel like the Egyptians do something mm-hmm. you were saying about like the Nile but like they're big into like sun deities and Ra is their god of the sun and also they're only, they did have a monotheistic religion that came up uh, for a little while. Uh, the worship of Aten was the sun god. And he was their like one god. It was their only monotheistic religion to exist during ancient Egypt. And it was a sun worship. Interesting. Could totally be wrong on this, but I think it's somehow related to King Tut. Like King Tut's like Aten was the sun god and the Pharaoh Akhenaten was like the pharaoh who was the monotheist and i think tutankhamen is from akhenaten's line but don't quote me on that i'm only a casual fan of egyptian history cool beans and a big fan of wiggly kitties who are yes out of my lap Mm -hmm. but that's all i had i've exhausted all of my solstice information if you're listening to this before the solstice we hope you have a lovely time and get to soak up some sunshine and feel some good vibes, whatever you're doing. And if you're hearing this afterwards, we hope you had a lovely solstice. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So we do have a little bit of promo this week before we wrap it up. Yes. What have you got for us? I have the rights back to my Milky Way socks pattern, uh, which was originally published via nitpicks and it mm-hmm. is a two color sock pattern uh where you alternate colors and you do slip stitch cabling to create a cool cable uh in a contrast color along the front of the sock uh which i think is cool and you can get that pattern in my ravelry or pay hip you get i've reformatted it to my standard kitty with a cupcake patterning so if you like the way my patterns are formatted you can get it in that and i also give you the nitpicks version of the pattern with their formatting included so you can get both versions you can also purchase it directly from the nitpicks website still if you prefer um and it regularly retails for 4.99 but i have it on sale so it is only uh 2.99 Wow. Yes. That's nice. So is it, is that technically mosaic technique? If you're 
yes. stitching and only working with one color at a time? Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen pictures of these socks. They look really difficult, but uh, if you're using the They are not. <laughs> not difficult. Mosaic knitting's all like that. I did a pair of mosaic socks this year and it was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. It's fun stuff. You should definitely give it a try. Yes. Yay. Mm-hmm. So tell us the other places that you can be found around the internet. Oh, you can also find me on Instagram as Kitty with a Cupcake, and you can find my Etsy shop, Kitty with a Cupcake, as well. Yay. And then if you're looking to purchase my hand-dyed yarns, I am on Etsy as Valkyrie Fibers Tahoe, and you can see what I'm up to on Instagram at Valkyrie underscore fibers. And we are together everywhere on the internet as the Fiber Coven. Mm-hmm. We hope that you will come and hang out with us in our various places. We have Instagram, we have a Patreon, and this podcast. Yeah. Yay. So until next week, Kevin, thank you so much for spending your time with us and keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye. Bye.